What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Now we turn to the reading of the Hazard Herald for news of Hazard in Perry County. I'm Lee Townsend. We begin with the online edition dated September 1st, 2022. As a reminder, Radio Eye is a reading service intended for people who are blind or have other disabilities that make it difficult to read printed material. Legislature approves more than $212 million in flood aid for Eastern Kentucky by Russ Cassidy, regional editor. The Kentucky legislature on August 26th approved a nearly $213 million aid package for flood-stricken areas of Eastern Kentucky. The approved measure allocates more than $212 million to be spent over the next six months as part of the recovery process. It includes $115 million provided to the Department of Military Affairs Division of Emergency Management to provide financial support to cities, counties, school districts, state agencies, and nonprofit or public utility service providers located in areas named by the Presidential Declaration of Major Disaster. The use of this portion includes reimbursement for services, personnel, and equipment provided during the response. It also includes the cost of replacement or repair of publicly owned buildings and their contents, and advancement of funds to local governments, utilities, and school districts awaiting insurance claims and Federal Emergency Management Agency disaster assistance. The $45 million will be provided to Kentucky Transportation Cabinet's highway budget for state matching funds to pay for bridge and road repair and replacement. $40 million will be provided to the Department of Education for financial assistance to school districts to support repairs of school buildings, facilities, additional transportation costs for displaced students, and wraparound services for school children and their families recovering from the impacts of the storm and flooding. An additional $12.7 million from the State Physical Recovery Fund of the American Rescue Plan Act of 2021 is earmarked for the Eastern Kentucky State Aid Funding for Emergencies. Governor Andy Beshear, in signing the bill, pointed to how quickly the aid came about and pledged that the state will continue to be there for the victims of the disaster going forward. How about this? One month after this flooding, the state legislature provided $212 million to help in the next six months, Beshear said. We're going to be here for the people of eastern Kentucky and the people of western Kentucky in response to December tornadoes forever how long it takes. State Representative John Blanton, who was the primary sponsor of the bill in the House, said the measure is a first step. This will send $212.7 million to give immediate help to flood-ravaged areas, Blanton said. This is a first step, and as we find more need, we'll be working on more help. This was a Kentucky bill, not Democrat, 
or Republican, but Kentuckians working together, and I was honored to carry the bill in the House. Blanton also said the measure does contain funding for housing. Right now, we still have people in tents. We still have people in shelters, he said. This provides funding for intermediate housing to get them out of the tents and into something with a roof, and they have heat because we're getting ready to get into the cold weather months. However, Senator Brandon Smith of Hazard expressed during the Senate session earlier in the day, he's concerned about a historic crisis as a result of the housing situation and said his yes vote was a reluctant one due to the failure to include an amendment he proposed to allocate $50 million to a housing program. What the amendment did was it provided housing funding for those in the flood zones that are desperate, said Smith. There are children on riverbanks and in hollers. There are 7,000 of them that are in some sort of displaced shelter where the walls are missing. There's a tarp, and that's on us to fix it. There's nobody else to blame. We are the leaders. We had a chance with my amendment to put $50 million in there to get aid to them immediately, Smith continued. I know we have a long-term plan, and I'm thankful, but I'm worried about the now. I'm worried about families that are not worried about their livelihood or their businesses. They're worried about sleeping outside in a tent with a two-year-old and a four-year-old and a six-year-old all huddled together, and it's been cold. The funding, Smith said, would also have applied to those affected by the western Kentucky tornadoes in December. Smith said he challenges Bashir and the leadership to bring the legislature back and give them enough days to put something in place such as his amendment to avoid a crisis. We're getting ready to see a crisis that will be historic across Appalachia, one I personally feel like could have been avoided, Smith said. Senator Adrian Southworth of Lawrenceburg said the legislature must keep a focus on helping the people in the state instead of simply relying on federal authorities. I feel like we have a focus more on what does the federal government have to hand us rather than how do we take care of our own people, notwithstanding whatever the federal government's regulations are, she said. Obviously, since the federal government takes forever to get their money to people, we should front this money to them for the good that it can do. Senator Philip Wheeler of Pikeville said he's pleased with the passage of the measure and particularly the fact that it was done in such a bipartisan manner. This is a region with a lot of needs. This is a different region. This is a mountainous region, a region with lots of valleys with different infrastructure than western Kentucky, what we saw last year, Wheeler said. He acknowledged that while the bill is not perfect, it is a very important first step to show that the Commonwealth and its legislature and its Senate stand with the people that are suffering in eastern Kentucky and continues to stand with those that are suffering in western Kentucky. State Representative Angie Hatton of Whitesburg said she's pleased with the speed of their aid, but said it's a start. We were able to pass a bill that sends $213 million home to eastern Kentucky to help the flood recovery less than 30 days after the flood happened. While it's not everything we needed, especially for long-term housing, it is a very good start, and I'm pleased with the progress that's been made so far, particularly the bipartisan cooperation. 
Senate President Robert Stivers told legislatures during the session that the next part of the work is on the issue that begins when the legislature reconvenes in January. Healing to the Holler Flood Benefit Concert held in Hazard by Katie Kelly. Hundreds of people came together for a night of music, food, and fun, all while helping support flood relief efforts from the July flooding. The Healing to the Holler Eastern Kentucky Flood Benefit Concert was held on Friday, August 26th in downtown Hazard. Proceeds from the event are being given to victims of the July flooding and supporting flood relief efforts. Stacy Fugit, director of Envision Hazard and coordinator of Appalachians for Appalachia, said the stage was donated by Appalachians for Appalachia and the Perry County Community Foundation, and event organizers only had to pay for t-shirts being sold with everything else being profit, so they were grateful for all the support and help. All food and drink vendors donated a portion of their proceeds, said Fugit, and all the musicians donated their time, as did the sound crew. Because of this, Fugit said, during the event they raised more than $4,700 with ticket sales, t-shirt sales, and Venmo transactions. The act of giving and community support, said Fugit, meant a lot during this time. Fugit said for the first week after the flood, many of the vendors located downtown, such as Big Daddy's Barbecue, weren't open because they were out providing to the community, and they still chose to donate a portion of their profits from the concert, which shows how amazing local people are. Small businesses don't have the funds to do this point-blank period, but they do anyways, and they continue to show up for their community, which has been awesome, said Fugit. Performers for the concert consisted of several small-town local bands, including the local Honeys, Ben Fugit and the Burning Trash Band, Laidback Country Picker, Laura Helene, Coal Town Dixie, and Nate Brooks. Food and drink vendors included Hazard Coffee Company, Dragon's Breath Barbecue, West Six Brewery, and Big Daddy's Barbecue. Fugit said she estimates that approximately 200 people attended the event, concert, and many of the people who came were from out of state, which I think is a really cool thing, too. They got to see what life is like on a normal day or a normal event on Main Street in Hazard, said Fugit. Seeing that kind of camaraderie and that kind of collaboration between the locals and outsiders was really special. In addition to helping flood relief efforts, the concert helped showcase Hazard and Perry County's spirit and allowed them to show outsiders the growth being done in the area, said Fugit. There are obviously the stereotypes about eastern Kentucky, that there's nothing to do here, they're all ghost towns and stuff like that. So I think an event like this certainly disproves that, said Fugit, adding she believes that events like this benefit concert will help boost tourism in the future and makes a lasting impression on people to return to the area. It was just a magical night. I think everybody kind of needed a little bit of something like that just to return to normalcy. Envision Hazard and its community partners hope to hold future benefit concerts, said Fugit. Community concerned over future of Home Place Center pleads for contact with board by Katie Kelly. 
After weeks of unresponsiveness from the board of the E.L. Robinson Mountain Fund regarding the future of the Home Place Community Center, several concerned community members have begun holding meetings to discuss ways to contact the board and get their concerns heard. Like many areas in Perry and surrounding counties, several buildings at the Home Place Community Center in Ari, as well as many homes and businesses near the center, experienced damage during the July flooding. As a result, the E.L. Robinson Mountain Fund, which operates the Home Place Community Center, released a statement in August informing community members that the board is in the process of cleaning and restoring some of the buildings on the property and is preparing to demolish and rebuild some buildings on higher ground in order to preserve this facility for generations to come. In learning that some of the buildings were going to be demolished, many community members began expressing concern over the historical buildings and what it means for the community at large. Two local individuals, Greta Combs and Ray Turner, said the community surrounding the home place began hearing rumors of buildings being demolished and it worried them, so they began holding independent meetings at the center to talk about contacting the board and getting more information. There was a rumor going around the neighborhood that they were planning to tear down some of the buildings. It was a pure rumor. I don't know where it got started. I don't know the accuracy of it, but it concerned us enough that we started getting together with a group of local people to see if we could find out more, said Combs. After learning of the board's statement being released, the community began meeting even more, and individuals began trying to contact the board to no avail, said Turner. Our informal group of people are getting together to try to figure out how we can meet with the board. For one thing, it's been difficult to get up with them. They all live in Lexington, said Turner, stating that the board has been completely unresponsive to everyone who's tried to contact them. It's been frustrating and how to reach out. If you are an entity like they are, you have to be able to be reached, said Combs. We are their constituents. We are their constituents and they've been completely unresponsive. In addition to not attending any of the meetings or responding to any contact made, Turner and Combs said no board members or representatives have come to the home place to offer condolences or comfort to the community. So far, Combs said, their group has met around four or five times with between 15 and 20 people attending the meetings each time. The lack of communication between the board and the community it's supposed to serve, said Turner, is disheartening and concerning. An open house and ribbon cutting ceremony were held for Beacons of Hope, a new residential treatment facility on Monday, August 29th. Beacons of Hope is located in the Big Creek section of Perry County, across from the old elementary school, and as part of Primary Care Center. State seeks multiple ways to assist the city of Buckhorn to get water relief. Weeks after devastating flooding, the city of Buckhorn remains without water due to damaged distribution lines in the Hazard Water District, which supplies the city's water. However, according to a statement from Kentucky Energy and Environment Cabinet, two simultaneous relief efforts are in progress to resupply the city. Hazard, which has been restoring its own water system, has made significant progress and is now able to pump water to a holding tank in Buckhorn, which, when filled, will supply water to the city, the statement said. 
Meanwhile, crews from the Kentucky Rural Water Association, plus organized volunteers from water companies across the Commonwealth, are checking the 13 miles of water line between Hazard and Buckhorn. As a second option, Buckhorn also may be able to get water from an unused emergency line connected to the Breathitt County Water District. This connection is set to be tested in about two weeks. If successful, it could supply water to almost half of the city. To give immediate relief to residents of Buckhorn, the statement said, state officials have redirected mobile showers, bathroom and washer-dryer units, as well as water tanks from other areas that could be used in tandem with the water step-on-wheels cart already employed in the city. ATV wreck leads to arrest of man on charges including child endangerment. A man was arrested on numerous charges including leaving the scene of an accident and endangering the welfare of a minor after his ATV collided with a vehicle. According to an arrest citation in the case, Kentucky State Police Trooper Dustin Ballard was dispatched August 28th to a hit-and-run incident on Ponderosa Pine Lane in Scuddy. The driver of a passenger vehicle, the citation said, advised dispatch that a man driving an ATV collided with the front end of his vehicle. At the time of the collision, the driver of the passenger vehicle said a juvenile female jumped off the ATV and the driver, identified as Kirby Whitaker, 65, of Steaking Creek Road, Thornton, told the juvenile to get back on the ATV. The female, the citation said, refused, and Whitaker grabbed the juvenile and tried to drag her back to the ATV, but she continued to refuse, at which point Whitaker got on the ATV and fled the scene. The female's mother arrived, the citation said, at which time the driver of the passenger vehicle advised the female was starting to see spots and black out. The girl was transported to receive medical attention. Ballard obtained Whitaker's address at Ballard Lane, Scuddy, and went to the residence, at which time he found Whitaker attempting to repair some of the damages done to the ATV in the crash, the trooper wrote. Whitaker, the citation said, told the trooper he fled because he panicked. Ballard also discovered, court documents said, that Whitaker's driver's license is suspended. Whitaker was lodged in the Kentucky River Regional Jail on charges of leaving the scene of an accident, endangering the welfare of a minor, ATV violations, driving on a suspended license, second-degree wanton endangerment, and a traffic charge. Foundation for Appalachian Kentucky distributes relief funds. Nearly one month has passed since the deadly flood has annihilated parts of eastern Kentucky, leaving a large population in Appalachia still searching for much-needed help. Charity organizations such as the Hazard-Based Foundation for Appalachian Kentucky sprang into action after assessing damage to flooding left behind. The officials said the foundation put nearly $509,000 in the form of cashier's checks directly into the hands of individuals and families that have been impacted by the flooding that swept across 12 FEMA-declared counties. Those counties are Breathitt, Clay, Floyd, Knott, Leslie, Letcher, McGoffin, Martin, Perry, Pike, Owsley, and Whitley. On August 24th, a third round of checks were distributed at Jackson and Jenny Wiley State Park at the Knott County Sportsplex, 
Whitesburg's Kane Kitchen and the Foundation for Appalachian Kentucky Offices in Hazard to flood victims who had not yet received aid from the Foundation. Foundation for Appalachian Kentucky Community Engagement Officer Kathy King Allen distributed checks to the Floyd Pike flood victims at the Jenny Lally State Park at May Lodge on August 24th. King said the Foundation for Appalachian Kentucky was on site to distribute individual grant checks in the amount of $250 per household and an extra $50 per child in the household. We hope that these funds will help families with immediate needs after the devastating floods, Allen said. If someone filled out an application and could not make it here today to pick up their checks, we'll put it in the mail to them. Funding for the Foundation for Appalachian Kentucky, which has affiliates in several counties, including Pike and Floyd, is dependent on corporations and personal donations, said King. There have been over 8,000 people applying for individual grants, and that's a substantial amount of money, Allen said. The grant application is paused at the moment to allow us to distribute the third round. The calculated amount is $2 million in grants, thanks to generous donations. One flood victim, Amanda Howard, is presently living with her four-person family in a camper in the Jenny Wiley State Park due to the flooding uprooting a large tree which fell on her home. Amanda said the tree crushed her roof, making her home uninhabitable. I signed up for FEMA on August 5th, and I cannot get a response from them, Howard said. My little family needs the help, or we wouldn't be living in a tent in this park. We slept in our car for a few days because a tree crushed the roof of our home. We do appreciate the people here today. We'll use the money to pay our car insurance. Lucretia Hicks of Garrett said she is keeping faith that an organization is going to replace the floors in her home before they completely fall through. I consider myself highly blessed as I am still alive, Hicks said. The floodwaters did destroy the floors in my home as they're beginning to rot and buckle. I reached out to FEMA and the Christian Appalachian Project. I believe one of them will come through soon, I hope. I plan to save the money the Foundation is giving me and not waste it because I desperately need my floors replaced. In the first 15 days of the Foundation's fundraising efforts, the charity organization received nearly $672,000 in grants which had benefited families, nonprofits, small businesses, and family farms impacted by flooding. The Foundation for Appalachian Kentucky's main office is located at 420 Main Street, Hazard. For more information, you can call 606-439-1357. 606-439-1357. The following Labor Day closings. Perry County Courthouse, Hazard City Hall, Perry County Justice Center, most municipal offices, post offices, and banks. Here are the obituaries. Catherine Kendrick Adams, 90 of Hazard, died Wednesday, August 24th. Paula Jean Fields, 59 of Hazard, died Monday, August 22nd. Harold Lee Nance, 62, died Thursday, August 25th. Bayless Ray Sally, 65, of Clintonville, West Virginia, died Saturday, August 27th. 
Bernice Owens Baker, 70, in Jackson, died Wednesday, August 24. Joshua Combs, 34, of Combs, died Saturday, August 27. Dolores Ann McIntyre, 67, of Viper, died Tuesday, August 24. Jewel Lucas Robinson, 67, of Viper, died Monday, August 29. Flora Orene Steele, 87, of Hazard, died Saturday, August 27. And Denver Ray Young, Sr., 79, of Bodyman, died Sunday, August 28. Malvary Deaton, 69, of Hazard, died Sunday, August 28. And Chloe Browning Vincent, 99, died Friday, August 27. From Sports. Hazard 2-0 at Breathitt County, 2-0 in football with a kickoff Friday, September 2nd at 7.30 p.m. at Mike Holcomb Athletic Complex in Jackson. Hazard is coming off a big 40-20 win over Class A Harlan County, while Breathitt County is coming off a 28-6 win over Powell County. Hazard has been good in the first two games of the season. Hazard's offense has been great the first two weeks of the season. Senior running back Max Johnson has been running the ball great, and that has opened up the rest of the offense. Johnson rushed for 189 yards and two touchdowns on 17 carries last week to lead the Bulldogs to a Class A, Class 4A win over Harlan County. Hazard recorded shutout wins over Letcher County Central and Pikeville over a three-day span during the final week of the first month of the 2022 boys' high school soccer season. After opening season 0-2, Hazard's reeled off five straight wins. Whitley County shutout period Central 2-0 in the Kentucky 2A Section 7 Volleyball Tournament at Bell County High School on Saturday, August 27th. In a tournament match between rivals from bordering regions, Whitley County won 25-15, 25-13 over Perry Central. Winning at home, Hazard blanked Harlan 3-0 in high school volleyball on Saturday, August 27th. The Lady Bulldogs beat visiting Harlan 25-16, 25-15, and 25-16. Returning to the win column, Perry Central upended Johnson Central 5-2 in a boys' high school soccer match on Thursday, August 25th. Perry Central dealt 15th region title contender Johnson Central its first loss in the 2022 boys' high school soccer season. After registering the win, Perry Central improved to 4-1. Johnson Central dropped to 5-1 following the loss. Tyson Neese, one goal, one assist. Lucas Gibson, one goal, one assist. Preston Trent, one goal. Andrew Pence, one goal. And Caden Ritchie, one goal. Determined Perry Central held on to defeat Floyd Central 37-34 in an early season high school football game on the road Friday, August 26th. The Commodores prevailed after leading 27-7 at the half. Helping to lift Perry Central to the win by special teams, Ian Montgomery booted a 35-yard field goal late in the fourth quarter. Perry Central used a balanced offensive attack to claim the victory. Quarterback Kaiser Sloan led Perry Central through the air, completing 10 of 20 passes for 153 yards. 
This concludes the reading of the Hazard Herald. Please stay tuned for continued programming. Thank you for joining me, and on behalf of everyone here at Radio I, this is Lee Townsend wishing you a good day. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.